What's up? Welcome to a new episode of Movie Schmovie. This is episode number 379. My name is Steve. I'm one of the co-hosts, and as always, I'm joined by... Ron. And this other guy named John. And that other guy named John. <laughs> How you guys doing? How's it going today? Good. Yeah, pretty, everything's good. Pretty, Everybody's pretty, all right. Pretty, 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 good. pretty, 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 this episode actually is turning out a little different than we had uh, kind of teased or planned uh, on last week's episode. We were we were thinking about doing a tier list for this week, but Ronald uh, was thankfully and just so happy to hear it was able to go to an advanced screening of uh, into across the Spider Verse, Spider Man across the Spider Verse this week, and we just thought with it coming out Friday. It'd be better to maybe let him review that in a very spoiler-free manner, just so that we can get our thoughts out there as fresh as possible with the release date. And so with that, we jumped the gun, and we're going to do his pick from required viewing last week. We were going to wait a little bit, but uh, I think we're going to just push everything back. And the plan now is that once he does, uh, you know, we'll go over his pick from last week. I'll pick one for our next episode. But uh, in between now and then, uh, we're going to have an opportunity to see the new DC film, The Flash, next week. So our next episode will actually be our first tier list. We're going to do a DC or DCU, DCEU, DC films averse. I don't know where it all falls, but we're going to do a tier list of, of that, that grouping of films. Um, and then we'll do our flash review uh, in that episode. So that'll be episode number 380 and that'll come out in two weeks. But uh, for now, let's stick to this one. Now that I've kind of run on and explained how things changed and what we can look forward to. And uh, let's get into Ronald's pick for his required viewing. For this week, Ronald, tell us about it again once more. It is Vesper, the 2022 release. Um, this is directed by, <clears throat> oh, who was it directed by? Uh, Christina Bolzite. I don't want to, I don't want to mispronounce yeah. or butcher it. As well as uh, Bruno Samper, and he also wrote it with Brian Clark. Um, this is a sci-fi film in the. The description on IMDb is struggling to survive with her after her father with her father after a collapse of Earth's ecosystem. 13-year-old Vesper must use her wits, strength, and biohacking abilities to fight for the future. And that is exactly what she's doing the entire movie. Fighting for her life. This movie is intense and kind of dark and mean in a lot of ways, but also really cool. Um what you guys think about it? Uh, I'll go first. I, I really liked it a lot. Like I again, I mentioned last week that I had it on my watch list as well because it had come up on a few lists from the year prior. Um, like I think it was like a sci-fi list of things you might have missed. But um, sci-fi. Yeah, sci-fi? that 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 newer genre. That, oh, is that is that like short for science fiction? That's what it is. That's okay. correct. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, or scientific fiction. I thought it was sci-fi. Yeah, I thought it was. A, I thought it was a kind of wife, uh, kind of Wi-Fi that like could really uh, like get you psyched up, you know. But I didn't. Uh, know. Makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. it's not. It's not the. It's not the five from the sky though, right? No, it's like, not. No, it's not <laughs> Skyfi. It's like psyched up fi, and oh, they just kind of it. you know Sci-fi. they put it like they made it cute with cute spellings. And it's not yeah. like simplify like the Marines. No, it's got nothing to do with that. It's nothing. Oh, I mean, okay. Focus, Ronald. Focus. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus. So I really liked it. I mean, like, again, it, it's it's kind of one of those smaller movies. Like, I, I like the idea of there's like, I like the idea of like what you just read. This, the synopsis is a pretty, it's a pretty big world. And like, there's a lot of yeah. things that happened pre-movie and even 
while this movie is happening. But really, the story of this film is really contained, I think. And for being like a smaller film and independent in some ways, not a very large budget. I thought that they really, you know, kind of made a really good looking uh, yeah. you know, production design wise and some of the special effects. Um, some of the 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 like creature slash plant kind of things yeah. suckling on people's bodies like that are left behind. Like some of that visual stuff was very kind of uh, like the body horror or yeah, like the Cronenberg almost yes, like, kind of yes. looking stuff. Cronenberg um, was, I thought was that heavy was, on my mind. I thought that was awesome. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's one of these, uh, I think the title card starts with like the, what does it say? Like the new dark age or it's like the first l- words on the, on the screen are like the new dark age or something along those lines. And the idea of, you know, <clears throat> resources being depleted and, um, you know, kind of mankind leveraging science and technology and engineering to try to stop it and in essence probably sped it up and, you know, created an entirely uh, different yet related problem that helped bring that end uh, sooner. So, you know, I, I like the idea of a sci-fi movie exploring that and like in this post-apocalyptic world that these people are surviving in where resources is so limited, you still have this like hierarchy of people or organizations or groups controlling like seeds, you know, controlling things that, um, you know, they only have access to and that very few other people's do. And I just, I I like that. And I like that. That sounds really large, but yet when you watch this movie, um, I loved how like most of the sets were kind of in, in their, in the Vesper and her father's house or the uncle's house or in the woods between the two really like, that's it. You know, there's nothing really that grand, um, in terms of the, sets themselves but i just think the production design was really good sound the costumes everything just was really impressive and again a good sci-fi story about uh you know artificial life that was engineered to possibly initially fix a problem that is now a different problem um and some of that world building i thought was really cool the way that like you know the uncle's using blood to like barter for things you know from the citadel and just this, uh, the, the, those jug, uh, you know, people that are people, but not people. Um, right. Just a really yeah, cool yeah, just story. Called jugs, but yeah, we quickly yeah. realized they mean this kind of like genetically engineered slave humanoid that Basically. they've created. That's like yeah. treated as non-human, but, and told, we're told they don't have feelings, but obviously that's wrong. Uh, right. There's a lot right. of, um, a lot of emotion coming out of that, <laughs> that injured one that we see. Yeah. Um, no, I think you're, I think, you know, you're talking about my favorite aspect of it, Steve, which is the, I don't know if you want to call it biotech. There's like two different things happening in the story. There's like, there's like bio matter that uh, Vesper has hacked because she's a whiz. And that's sort of like, if she's sort of a chosen one, that's kind of like right. her special power. Her gift is that she's like this expert bio hacker. Um, so she's done that. And then there's also just the all, all all around them is the vestiges of the the genetically modified um uh life that that is part of well, like you said, Steve, it's part of this failed attempt to I mean the way they word it is um engineered viruses and organisms escaped into the wild. 
um, after humanity tried to prevent the impending ecological crisis by investing massively in genetic technology. Um, that, right. That's kind of like, uh, that's somebody who paraphrased the intro text of the movie on Wikipedia. Mm. But it's sure. like, it honestly, sure. I, I actually, when it first came up, I rewound it and watched it a second time because it's like, I want to make sure I'm parsing all this. I yeah. almost wish that text wasn't there because I think the story, I think that with a little bit more exposition thrown into the story, they could have just oriented you in that world without me having to like, Think about all that when I started this story, because it is amazing how small it is. And it is amazing how personal the tale is. And um, <clears throat> I'm not saying I don't want that information. I'm just saying that I spent the first five, 10 minutes of the movie trying to make sure I like trying to, you know, like, like you're trying to memorize someone's phone number on the way home sure. and you're going. And I was like, oh, wait, I don't really need to hold on to all that. And maybe it, that's why I'm saying I wish it wasn't there is because I think this movie has such a it's almost like a fable quality or fairy tale quality at first or fantasy, but to, sure. to realize this is earth and to realize what has happened. Um, I think it might have been more fun to discover that on my own. However, that's just a minor quibble about the setup and the the world that we're talking about. The world building is amazing. What they did with the, uh, you know, it's 5 uh, million pounds, I believe, or 5 million euros. euros I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how, I, I don't know what that is in dollars, but this movie looks like a lot more than $5 million. Um, there were a couple of parts where I thought, oh, okay, I'm kind of getting used to the effects in this, in the early shots of the sort of simplest effect, which is the drone head floating around. Yeah. Th th that almost mm. didn't look as good at the beginning as it did later to me. Maybe once I understood more what in was going on. In that wide shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when she's walking up, it I, I felt the same way. I was like, oh, is that the level of effects in this? Oh, that's fine. It still looks cool. It was still well photographed but i think once we got into that icky body horror uh flesh uh, like you know wounds being suckled on by these carnivorous plants or are they what are the plants trying to do you know she's she's not treating it like it's a life or death situation she's kind of yeah. batting these these plants away like like they're bugs you know like they're just yeah, nuisances yeah, yeah. so it's just you see the world i don't know i i really loved that feeling and then uh, to to learn and for it to kind of grow into this you know, no pun intended to kind of, there's a scene where there's this biomatter like growing across the floor at them and up over the table and everything. I, I just thought visually it was really well done. Um, and, um, yeah, the look and feel of it made it feel so grounded and it might remind you of other dystopias if we were seeing like the cities, but we were seeing it this is like out in the woods and there's yeah, like two, yeah. two locations, kind of like you said, Steve, and the idea of the citadels. And we've, we've, when we do see them, they seem, they don't just seem like, Oh, this is what happened to, to modern cities. This seems like a whole new system that crept in with these, like these cities that look again, so like something out of a fantasy story more so than sci-fi. Um, but, um, I thought it was neat. I, I just thought, you know, I like there was, there may have been some parts where I was, I was wondering where it was going on a story level, but I think the character stuff was so strong that by the time it got to the end and you see the moment they're building up to, it really does feel like, oh, it's cool that they kept it on this scale. There was a part early in the movie, though, when I was really starting to get into the world and I was hearing about the Citadels and where I uh, my little uh, geek mind was firing with like, oh, I hope I wonder what we're going to get to see. You know, like, yeah, I wonder yeah, what yeah. all where all this is going to take us. And I think maybe that's that's fine that it stays smaller. But, um, you know, it definitely will. If you are a person who goes for this kind of story, uh, I think it really will uh, scratch that itch of just being a well-developed world. And I stress the 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 biotech, the, the hacked uh, ecology, whatever we want to call it. It really is visually arresting and it will do it will be beautiful and horrifying at once, kind of, if you. If you uh, really, you know, again, if you let if you let yourself kind of sink into the the mood of this movie, um, 
I think. And it's cool to see like, oh, she's developing these plants like in a greenhouse type environment, but also there's stuff like this out in the world that she's she's cultivated maybe or that she's growing. And that like, I thought that was really cool when when like her her plant minions kind of uh, help them out <laughs> yeah. against the bad guys, yeah. or at least that's how I read that. Um, so um, I don't know. I thought it was, and, and you know, who was in it that uh, is going to have a career of wasting away in beds in cool uh, movies <laughs> is uh, that actor, Richard Brake. Is that his name? Brake, yeah. Uh, who played the uh, creepy old guy uh, in the sub sub basement in uh, barbarian, the guy who's being kept kind of wow, prisoner. That's the slash. So he's like yeah. the daddy. In, oh, in wow. Jeez. Yeah, he's the one you follow through like the the, the flashback yeah like, i recognized like his voice when it was just the drone going around and then i gra- i was like oh yeah that is him in the bed and it's like but it took me a second to i didn't know if this, this was going to be all foreign actors that i hadn't really seen before because of the international nature of the production mm-hmm. but um also um uh, uh uh eddie marson is great in this like he just conveys such menace awesome. and humanity and even the way his character his fate is like deserved but it kind of leaves you you were talking around about the kind of meanness of this movie that's one of the meanest moments in this movie oh yeah it's just that moment where the guy you know thinks he's going out maybe to to get a reward or to have a conversation <laughs> or make a deal and it's like no <laughs> yeah. i mean but you know it's crazy you, you're right man it, it, there's something weird about seeing somebody so villainous get their fate dealt to them and still feel like, oh man, that was way harsher than I was expecting. Yeah. <laughs> it's it was harsh. But I I, I definitely enjoyed it, man. Yeah, yeah. What did I'm, what did you think, man? Like tell yeah. us what I man, you know, I'd recently seen Blade 2049 and like it I had a like maybe 10 stops and starts with that movie. Mm-hmm. And I finally gave it a, a go and I loved it. I thought it was incredible. And need to watch so, it again. yeah, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it and I watched it all the way through and then I watched it again. <laughs> um, and this kind of felt like a slice of a of a bigger world that exists that they could have easily called this like a, a blade story or, you know, a Blade Runner story or something cool like that. Mm-hmm. This felt so lived in. I liked that it. It didn't over explain things. Mm-hmm. And that felt cool. Like it felt like. Man, is there some source material I could read? You know, there was, there was, it felt that. No, I had lit. that same thought, Ronald. It was like, is this based on a graphic novel or something yeah, like that? Because it, it felt had that so damn lived in, like developed every world piece of everything from the the outfits to the Citadel soldiers. I guess they came, and when you see what they actually look like, mm-hmm. I was like, holy, yeah, whoa, it's cool. yeah. <laughs> it's, this is it's crazy. Um, and the actors. You know, I love Vesper so much and the dynamic with her dad. And um yeah. you know, when you realize what the drone is, the the you know, yeah. little oh man, it's kind of crushing. But he, he's so interesting and uh he's like this voice in her head. Uh sometimes literally as he like kind of whizzes around. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it almost it, sounds like a narrator voice the way he's laid in. Yeah. But right, it's like the voice coming out of the drone that takes a minute for us to realize, oh, that's like the personality of her dad, yeah, you know, yeah. that can speak to her through that. I really enjoyed that. It just had a cool message about, you know, the environment and you know, if we mishandle it, what, what could hand, happen? I, I, I really enjoyed it. So there's a there's a TV show supposedly coming from AMC, I think, based on the um, the Bourne 
there's a novel called Born by Jeff Vandermeer, and then there's like okay. a, a couple of novellas associated with it. And okay. it, it it's not exactly this world, but it is a sort of far flung future Earth that has had like mutated life spread oh, wow. over like this. And I felt like I was watching visualization of stuff that when I read those born books, uh, I was just like, Oh man, someone needs to film that. Like there's just something, even though they're highly literary stories, there's something so visualizable about them and you just want to see them done. And it's like, Oh, this is perfect for like computer generated stuff that can, can, can look kind of organic, you know? And when I was watching mm. this movie, I was like, Oh man, this is, this is like in that vein. So if that show comes and it's good and it's made with production value, there's, you know, whenever it comes, like, honestly, that world is going to be, not totally similar to this, but a similar approach of like, it's it's sci-fi, it's futuristic, but it also almost has got a rewritten kind of fantasy structure because it's got like this new kind of life in it. So so That's I awesome. kind of, yeah, wow. I, I hope that happens. So Ronald, you feel pretty good about your choice? <clears throat> I do, I do. I'm glad you guys liked it. So you say- like another, It's another one of those things where it's like how, like there's so much stuff out there. Mm -hmm. so like, I had that thought. So much just like slips through and you just like miss it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just this is a this was a really good watch. Like I was I was like telling my dad about it because I'm like, this is right up your alley. Yeah. And you'd have no awareness of this if I hadn't just been, you know, chosen yeah. my, my co-host here on the podcast. They didn't pick it like I, it's been on my list for a year. You know, it's wow. like and it's just like one of those things where it's like there's so much out there and there's a lot of good stuff out there that just doesn't get in the theaters anymore. Or, you know, even featured on a streaming platform. You know what I mean? It's just like, but yeah, this was a really good one. I, I thought this was really enjoyable. Cool, cool. I'm glad you guys liked You know, I bet there's <clears throat> one universe out there where we did know about this movie a year ago and we all watched it and everybody talked about it. And I don't <laughs> know if you guys have ever given a thought to that, that there could be like more than one universe or more than one Hell version yeah. of what's happening. Ronald, any thoughts about that? Or if, I mean, I don't know if you've actually seen a movie if you live in a universe where maybe you got to see a movie about that kind of thing, um, maybe you could tell us a little bit about it. Yeah. First, I went into it. Okay. And then I want to cross it. Okay. But, before you, but, but, but hold on. Before you cross it, though, uh, can I pick my pick for next for the next? Yeah, what's your pick? <laughs> Jump the gun here. Uh, so I'm going to pick a movie that is a new release, relatively new. Oh, uh, again, okay. this is in two weeks. It'll be out or three weeks, I guess, really um blackberry okay so this will be on vod as of the date that this podcast drops so this friday oh. blackberry will be on vod um Man. i really wanted to check this out in theaters i didn't get okay. a chance to but so many people have recommended it to me um and i just love everybody involved with it really i love glenn howerton jay Baruchel, matt johnson the guy that directed it um i don't know i'm really excited to see it and uh, I'm really happy that it did. It did, it seems like it did pretty well for the kind of movie it is. But um, it, yeah, it comes on VOD uh, the day that this podcast comes out, June second or June second or June sixth. I'm sorry, June sixth. I think I take that back. So the Tuesday after, that's when the VOD stuff comes out. So by the time you know it comes out, we'll have a few weeks to be able to watch it for the next uh, for episode 381. Um, but yeah. Blackberry again. It'll be out. I'm just trying to double check this, but I, I'm pretty sure it's June 6th, which is next Tuesday. Cool. And it, and it completes the trilogy: uh, Air, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tetris, 
and Tetris. Blackberry. Yeah, yeah. Of like, I did that know, for you, John. Yeah. Movies about product, project, pro- projects, products, <laughs> products. Um, but um, you know, wait, Steve, I don't know if there's a special like buzzer that should go off if we both had a movie on our on our you know sort of list of required viewing suggestions. But Blackberry oh, was, really? was possibly going to be my next suggestion. Oh, because wow. awesome. because I, I was just thinking like I don't want that to always be what I do, but occasionally it's like I'm going to force a conversation about something brand new just to make sure we all see it because sometimes we do have like you know it, we we're all busy men. We all have families. Yeah. Uh, we, yeah. we can't always watch uh, the same movies. And required viewing is, that's the, the great thing about it is it's the one way to, that we can all guarantee we'll all see it. So. Yeah. And I just confirmed it, it is, it actually is today. So when you're listening to this, it's it's June 2nd. So awesome. uh, th- th- that film with Glenn Howerton from Always Sunny is coming out, as well as Fool's Paradise, which is Charlie Day's film mm-hmm. that opened the same day that Blackberry opened in theaters will also be on VOD. I'm gonna check yes. them both out, but I'm picking oh, yeah. Blackberry for a required viewing. Cool. Um, cool. So yeah. So back to your traveling into and across something. Go ahead, Ronald. Yeah. What is this thing that you've traveled <laughs> into and across? I, 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 I'm the, in a world of confusion. The Spider Verse <gasps> or the Arachnid interdimensional. There's like a crazy term <laughs> that one of the Spider Men uses. Uh, this is the more Lord than Miller. one Spider Man. Yeah. What so many. The- what? <laughs> this is the follow-up to the Lord and Miller. What year? The 2019? Yeah, 18, I think. Golly, 2018 film Spider-Man Into the Universe. Now it's across the universe. And this is part one. A lot of people, I realize in the theater, did not know that. <laughs> oh, so did not know this was going to be like a... Well, film, no film buffs call this a Fast X style ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that some of it they should have known from the pacing because we're like two hours into it and nothing's been resolved, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but I think, I think they're going to change that. I I really do. Because I so? feel like I feel like a lot of the marketing and stuff had the part one in it, mm. like when they said that. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think that there was a little bit of like question of whether that would stick. And I mean, I've been watching this ever since then in terms of the marketing. And I don't know that I've seen one piece of marketing that actually says part one on it. I haven't either. Why did just just I, like um, the Mission Impossible name, says? I think they changed the name, didn't name? they? Did, didn't they make it some? It's, we- they- it's weird. Yeah. So they, they they there was reports that it was being changed, but I've heard so many people in the last week that have seen it in like reviews, podcasts, like videos that I watch on YouTube, and a lot of them are still saying part one. And I don't know if that's because that's what the press material says. But like the poster, the listings on all the sites, like nothing says part one. But yeah, I feel like I saw some report that like or or they had said something that maybe it was being changed, excuse me, changed to uh, to something else. But I don't know that I ever really saw what that was. But I don't know. I was just curious about that. Oh, actually, no. Hold on. So here's an article. Beyond is going to be the third one. So I think they did change it. So, yeah, so they took so they took away the, the the part one and two. The parts, yeah. So it it, it was changed. So Holy if you look on IMDb, poop. The third one is called Beyond. When the is Spartan. that coming out? When's the Beyond? So it says twenty twenty four, but I don't know that there's any chance in hell that that happens. Uh, yeah. But maybe maybe they were doing it in tandem, in, yeah. you know, with this in some ways. They did get a little extra time when this movie got bumped back, so maybe they right. True. like it staggered cool. a little bit. But but it seemed well, yeah, we'll see. I mean, yeah. we're talking theoretically <clears throat> about the movie, but you've seen it, Ronald. There is a universe where I was going to see this with you, but uh, I was way too busy. Do you ever have one of those nights where you had plans that you thought you were going to make, and then when you yes. decide not to do them, you're like, 
instantly going, was I crazy? What, yeah. what made me think I was going to be able to do this? Like what made me, th- cause it's like an hour and a half drive or so it, yeah. you know, it, it often is very worth it, but not on a busy yeah. night. So I was very yeah. sad to miss it with you, but um, I'm so, I'm super glad you are here with us on, on a day and date Hell yeah, man. Uh, podcast to talk about it. So yeah. Uh, what were your thoughts? I guess I have to go off my ears. A couple of things. The theater experience was terrible. It was real bad wow. in terms of sound. And this is crazy because this is Sony. You know, Sony mixes tend to be insane. This was not. It was muted. It was often the explosions weren't very loud. Um, but it visually was obviously incredible. I have to talk about the sounds first. Voice acting was incredible. Everybody returns that we know from the first one. Um, Brian Tyree. As mm. his father, he's great. Uh, Luna Velez, who's um, Rio Morales. Uh, yeah, who else? Who else? Uh, Jake Johnson Haley comes Stein back. Um, you know, Shamik, who plays uh, Miles. So it it is the crew that we know, and then we get some new voices. We get some new people that are incredible. I don't want to say who's who, because they, you know, kind of the trailer. One of the things that I could tell you visually is that it's the Lord and Miller beautiful, innovative storytelling that we know, but something's been elevated. They've kind of outlined um, the multiverse as something, as a metaphor that we'll all get. And I don't want to give it away, but it's mm-hmm. huge. And it's something that is a, this is so crazy. Somehow they managed to make the the explanation of the multiverse a commentary on us watching this. And it still is a good explanation of how the multiverse works. Mm. I don't know how the fuck they thought to do it. <laughs> it. It hurt my brain. When you realize what's happening and what how they're explaining it, that's incredible. Also, um, this is more lived in when it comes to the the multiple Spider-Mans. Like, you know, in the last one, we had a very casual look at those uh, spider people. Yeah. This is different. Spider-folk. Spider-folk. <laughs> you get a lot more of a lived-in feel to um, some of these characters. Some of the ones that you see glimpses of, they're in for way longer than you think. Mm-hmm. And there's a real big play... Uh, this isn't going to give anything away off textures. Oh yeah, there's a. I mean, you, you mean like within the, within the styles of the different characters? Yes. Diff- no, no. I I think tr- that's one of the coolest things about it is that they've yes. got like that many different animation styles. And uh, the, trailer just in the trailer does not even show what 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 I'm even talking about. Okay, cool. It, it's 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 even more layered than that. It's even like it's it's even like a, a FPS thing. That's how mm-hmm. crazy it is. It like shifts between textures, colors. It gets real weird. And this is this. So if Lord and Miller were preparing you for art style, this elevates it. It elevates the the storytelling and elevates the relationships. It's not as funny. I have to tell you. So if you're expecting a laugh, you will. Um, but you won't at the same time because it's. Uh, now, somebody, three critics that I've 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 I follow pretty closely have said this, and it hurts my feelings. But I bet it's a thing. This is the exact same story as the Flash, mm. almost down oh, to the conflict. I've seen that, yeah, almost down to the conflict, and I can see that. But this is the one that I think is going to be, you know, 
this is a playground. This is a playground where, you know, if you're doing something live action, this has always been my chief complaint with with things in the comic book world, right? You can't make some of this stuff look good, as good as it could look if it were, you know, in a comic book. You know, you see stills and frames from comic books. You're like, holy shit. Everything looks like that in this movie. I know people say that for the last one. There's a there's a huge gap in the innovation between the last one and this one. I don't know how it happened. They did something. They, they're doing a bunch of things at the same time. And, and maybe and, and for the maybe for the casual person, maybe they'll only appreciate parts of it. But a lot's happening, especially yeah. if you've ever tried to make anything visual. Mm-hmm. It's fucking crazy what they're doing. I mean, it's cool that they're trying to push the innovation side of like the, even though this is not like an experimental movie, but it's cool that they're pushing the experimental side of that with the animation. I think that's something that, you know, you almost don't need these movies to do that, but it it ties in with the multiverse idea so nicely that it's like in the first movie, it made a, it gave this great explanation for how the characters could kind of have slightly different design styles, but whole different universes is what you're talking about in this. And I I mean, I think you, yeah, you can tell in the trailer, you only get a taste of it. Um, Yeah, you, you really do. Um, And you'll, you'll, you'll love it, especially since again, it's like a, it's, it's, if the last one was a Lord and Miller sort of idea that was birthed from their minds, this is like, this feels more lived in. This is, this is Lord and Miller. Mm-hmm. This is like for real, like the last one felt like, okay, this is something that they had a, a hand in. This distinctly feels theirs for a bunch of reasons. And you'll find out why, but, um, but it is really very nice. There is a definitive villain in this one, which I loved there's one villain. He is one person. And that's really cool. And when you see how this villain kind of moves around in the world and also his voice versus w- what he can do is so fucking cool. And that, that, they've showed him. Have they shown him in the trailer? Well, I mean, the trailers show some conflict, but the the villain, I would say, the character, unless the, the villain is uh, Spider-Man 2099, then... Oh, okay. Then, oh, he is... <laughs> Is this a spoiler? No. Is he okay? No, the, no the, the trailer makes the conflict seem like it's mostly with him, yeah, and then yeah. the, the the real villain is kind of seen scooting around in the background in a okay. couple of shots. I think yeah, like yeah, they, they yeah, kind of yeah. hide him in plain sight by making it yeah. seem like they take on this a guy with the 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 spots. Uh, um, you know, that's what's in the trailer. <clears throat> yes, uh, voiced by Jason Schwartzman. Okay, who fucking? I kind of feel like sometimes he got like I feel like maybe eight to nine years ago he kind of got shoehorned into everything just because he's like this indie darling but this fits him he's his voice acting in this is really cool and the other spider-men and women and animals and things are so fucking cool i can't this this everyone i don't know how else to say this everyone will feel seen in this i don't know (laughs) there's no way that you can't identify with one version of this uh spider verse uh and that feels special this like i almost kind of i almost cried that's how like uh, there are people who i know will feel seen in this one versus you know before it was kind of like you know this is cool you know like miles morales obviously but this this takes it even further this 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 goes a little harder and there are two people that exist in this world that are you don't even know they're the same person they're the same person holy shit uh, but fun movie 
incredible. I hope I didn't spoil anything. Um, Jason Schwartzman is so fucking good. And 2099 Spider-Man played by Oscar Isaac. That's, those are the two new voices that you'll hear. And a couple more that are so fucking cool. Blew my mind. <laughs> I may um, know about one of them. I've seen a couple of possible spoilers. Oh, you spoilers, probably saw. But, but I haven't been looking for spoilers on this. And it's like it only occurred to me like today. Like, oh, shit. This well, is going to be another one of those things that people can spoil just by. You know what I mean? Because people love to do that. Like, just say one little coy comment that ruins some whole shock. Okay. So, I'm not going to say anything. So I'm gonna, the tra- in the trailer, you see one of them. You see one of the no, I, spider I, people. I think I might and, know the one you're talking about. And that <clears> spider <throat> person is incredible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. What, what were you gonna say, Steve? In the tra- were you gonna say something? No, I was. From, I was. I was. I took my earbuds out for a little bit. I feel like I was tiptoeing a little too close to spoilers for me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it, it's a cool movie. You will. You will absolutely enjoy it. Lord and Miller are doing God's work. Um, and and this is this is accessible. This is accessible so much so that I think I I think I'm, I I kind of want to go back and I, I didn't get into the Spider Verse stuff back in like 2014 because this is based on the 2014 kind of 2014 to 2015 chunk. Um, some of the stuff that they're showing, even some of the comics that they kind of show, like they did in the previous one, um, it's based on this chunk of story. I you know they obviously took some liberties, but. I'm going to go back and read it. I'm super excited. Good movie. Well executed. So sad that it got split into two, but. But now you have something to look forward to. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. It was a horrific accident in the movie factory that it got cut in half like that. (laughs) And they just had to roll with it. I think it was the guy from, um, what's the guy from Roger Rabbit? Uh, Christopher Lloyd's character. He came and cut the film. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Started putting cartoons in acid. <laughs> um, yeah, it's 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 it was incredible. So is this uh like? It's interesting, like to talk about the box office for it real quick because it it really seems like it's going to be one of those great examples of like a severely overperforming sequel. Mm, because it's it you know it's it's not always it the case and it's yeah. it's actually rather rare if you look at like mm. the box office history but i mean i've seen some projections that this movie is going to over overperform the original opening week by like over 70 percent. like they're Ooh. saying 115 wow. for the three day here's what i'm afraid of That'd i think bonkers that, i think they're going to leverage this is why i want you to see it soon i think they're going to fast x people yeah, yeah, leverage spoilers because there's there's some cool shit that that's in it that you haven't seen in the trailers that they're yeah. gonna try to leverage to get people to go to the theater. Right, and people will absolutely go if they know some of this stuff. Yeah, so I'm I'm a little afraid of that, and that afraid. may be the case too. Yeah, I feel yeah. like the, the opening yeah. weekend stuff will be interesting because I feel like yeah, I don't know, like I I really hope it overperforms to Me that too. level because it it, it should because it it's it yeah exactly like. And how I mean, like, I got to say this, man, Lord and Miller didn't have to do this. They didn't have to like in their position of power, didn't have to tell a story that has so much diversity and love. Right. And and they, they are. It's it's like unreal that these two dudes are making this heavy in a good way story. Like the fact that my daughter will see this movie and and see herself in it and you know 
uh, our kids will all see somebody in that that story that they can that can relate to of right. of, of all of all the groups you know you may see you know the 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 um the noir spider-man from the last one and think oh that's that's me on the screen i'm i could be a little <laughs> think of it. And it, it, so you're saying any noir detectives who see this are gonna feel yeah you know what well. i mean like <clears throat> it just the fact that, that that's even possible in a spider-man film is just so fucking cool and i hope that it it translates to live action at some point um we'll see well, they're talking about uh, a Miles Morales live action movie being like something that they, I mean, that seems like kind of a no brainer, but yeah. I still think of all the sort of spider verse, not, not animated, but of all the sort of Sony spider verse uh, expansions, I think that makes a lot more sense. Miles Morales makes a lot more sense to me than Morbius, you know, but call me crazy. <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> uh... Yeah. I don't know. They're, they're amazing. The Lord Miller stuff. I feel like they're, they're definitely on the, like, top five or 10 filmmakers that like, you know, it, it's kind of like any, any, any piece of involvement of theirs in something I'm immediately in, whether it's a movie or show or, you know, the after party season two is coming up soon. And like, I'm extremely excited for that. So, I mean, yeah, to see them, to, to hear so much positive high is coming back. Movie. What's that? Clone High is coming back. Clone High, yeah, I, or it, yeah, is that is that this it's week back. or next week? Yeah, yeah. I, I, okay, I thought it was last week. It's back. Yeah. I mean, it's like you you said, Ronald. That Lord Miller didn't have to do this. I almost feel like that sh- that's the motto of of their output. Yeah. It's like they didn't yeah. have to add that layer yeah. of whatever they added. Like any project they've been involved in heavily. Um, yeah. Last Man on Earth is another one that I loved, even though they weren't mm. that wasn't their show as much as Will Forte's. But they set up the perfect world like again we to use that world word again world building um it's it's a piece of some of these things and also like having a visual style or like a a certain kind of parameter of what they can do that just adds that little extra i mean i remember when the lego movie came out and we were all just talking about like how did someone figure out how to make this toy commercial into something that felt like legit poignant and not not you know maybe a little forced at its most emotional moments but overall very clever and fun and funny and way better than it had to be and it's a lord miller didn't have to do this (laughs) they didn't have to make the lego movie that good Um, they've kind of done that with with everything all along so yeah no this this to me seems like that you talk about the playground this to me seems like their playground i mean this seems like yeah man this is the this is the thing that that like the pinnacle of what they can do. And I know that there's other people involved in the writing and creation of this, mm-hmm. but just as far as having like a visual style and having like innovation and like, again, cleverness, but in so many areas, I mean, I'm, I'm speaking of my experience of the first uh, uh, Spider-Verse movie, but um, no, I, I mean, you just sort of have trust that they're, that when they say, Oh, we're cooking up something good uh, with this movie uh, all along, I've been kind of strung along and, and believing yeah. them. So yeah, for sure, um, I, I absolutely can't wait. all right well that's in theaters now and hopefully we'll yeah maybe chat a little bit about it in the next couple episodes once we all see it um or john and i see it uh what else anything else you guys have watched since last week you want to mention on the podcast before we wrap it up well i mean barry and succession both aired their final episode this past sunday and those are two shows i've been enjoying over the last few years succession I actually very recently got into and like I I try I've watched a little bits and pieces of it over the years but this recent bout I finally had some friends that kind of pressured me they were like you need to watch 
that and catch up so we can talk about the new the final episode when it comes out and so i uh, i did um so that was great but barry i've been watching you know uh, yeah. all along and um uh, I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, I don't think HBO is ever going to have a shortage of something coming around the bend that is maybe going to be that next big thing or the show that people talk about. But this did feel sort of like a significant thing, especially one week into the Max era of yeah. of HBO streaming. I still think people are overestimating the HBO brand being dead with the yeah. whole Max thing when it's really just the name of the streaming app. I mean, I agree. I think it's stupid. But I also think when you go to Max, it's pretty clear that you're getting HBO through Max. It's not like Max is now the new name for HBO. If yeah, you're, right. you know, anyway. Um, but no, I, I, I found both shows, uh, you know, satisfying in different ways. I think Barry's been having a really interesting and almost like pointedly frustrating uh, final season as far as like what the show wants to give you and what they don't want to give you in, in regards to these characters. And then I think Succession just really, um, to use an overused phrase about season finales or series finales, that really stuck the landing of, totally. of and here's the thing, I, I realized, what, I think what you need to do if you want to have a successful series finale is finish telling the story you started telling. Mm. And, maybe <laughs> stick, and maybe stick to that story all along. But I remember Breaking Bad, that's one of the things people liked about the end, is the end felt like it was about the same thing the show had been telling us about when it started. Um, and of course, Succession is a much different show, but I think that, yeah, that finale, like when it went to black, it really did make you go, all right, complete statement that they really did. Um, they really did go where we, what they told us what we needed to know about the big question the show is about, which was who's going to take over this company when this big Titan of, of, uh, I don't know if Titan of industry, but Titan of tech, Titan of, uh, money uh, uh when he goes who's going to step in and um you know we're in the age of bil billionaires right now and we 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 you know we think a lot about them these days so i felt like this show had a weird timeliness but really what made it compelling was the family stuff i mean you have a lot of corporate uh you know maybe backstabbing type stories out there and 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 stories of uh you know you know government entanglement and all that kind of stuff but what made this really fascinating was and and feel shakespearean at times was the family part um and uh, I don't know. I, I I was I was kind of blown away. And it's one of those finales that the more I think about it, the more I find in it. I don't know about you, Steve. I don't know if you actually watched Succession, Ronald. Did you? Yeah, I. Oh, you I skip around, but yeah. yeah, the finale was one of the more satisfying finales I've ever seen. I, I just it just felt Definitely like recently. Yeah, I think that people are just expecting too much, and something about like people just being who they are. There's something about yes the, the facade that you have. I, I have this saying that I've, I've been kind of um, everybody's uh, nice is a convenience. You know, it's it's really it's really a convenient thing. And once you inconvenience somebody, that's when you find out who who's an asshole. And and once some of the characters get inconvenienced, they fucking lose their shit, which is really fun to watch, but also sad. Yeah, and and I saw this this thing about um, one of the producers was saying that at the at the heart of it, it's a tragedy, and you should never forget that. And every time you think that they've won, a tragedy should happen. Or every time you think you someone's going to overcome their worst nature, or or whatever, oh, yeah. it's like it's destined. I mean, that's the I mean, I've always thought with a tragedy. I don't know who I heard say this, or if I just developed this idea on my own. But what makes a story a tragic is when you can see how it could have been some other way. Yeah, like hundred percent. And I think this, yeah, these characters are full of that, the, the, the sort of like, you see how they could have made it. But also I think at the end of the show, there's almost like a weird kind of, not a happy ending, but a completeness to it because of the way the darn thing ended. As far as like who ends up quote unquote 
with the job. I don't think anybody wins or anybody's on top, but I think that it's a really interesting, I mean, honestly, it was my favorite choice they could have made. Honestly, was the choice they made in the finale of like, who's running things now and just why that is and how that, how that happened. I just thought it was so um, kind of real and heightened at the same time, which is kind of what you're talking about, Ronald, with these sort of, you know, these, these, these little shifts that have these big effects and these people who, um, you know, that you, you don't feel sorry for them because they're all loaded and they're all assholes, but man, good drama makes you get inside the heads of people. You would never like, I think all the time about some of my favorite characters on, on uh, this, the show made me think all my favorite, like schemer characters that I love on all these shows, would I actually like them in real life? Like, what would it be like to sit down yeah. at lunch with like Pete Campbell from Mad Men or <laughs> <laughs> with uh with uh tom uh whamsgams on uh on uh on on succession like what would i find they would just be jerks that they wouldn't be you know they'd be seeing past you they wouldn't they wouldn't really they wouldn't be very nice they'd be thinking about how they can get a leg up um they'd be thinking about how cheap my clothes were you know all this kind of shit and it just occurred to me that like even the characters I like on these shows that are kind of funny and, and likable, they're that you know you would hate them in real life. Um, yeah, and I think yeah, that is sort of a, <laughs> a a crazy gift that a show like this can give you is that it gives you that sense of the humanity of some of these people that you know are you don't really have sympathy for. Um, and I think also, yeah, the humor in Succession it was you know it was known to be a very funny show, but it was crazy how funny it could be like right up against being absolutely like upsettingly dramatic. It could also have like so like hilarious dialogue um, and did pretty much from you know to the last of this so steve but i was yeah i i knew you had been watching the show how, how did you feel about the, I mean, the wrap up and and kind of how thought, things yeah, broke succession specifically i mean i, I really like the berry finale as well but succession is like one of my favorite shows so i feel like yeah it definitely felt like they knew exactly what they were doing with you know where they wanted the show to go and you know even with it being a kind of thing where like some of the cast didn't even know this was going to be the final season while they were shooting it and like mm. you know it being announced post-production and things like that it just feel it just feels like a perfect ending really for like like again where this show started and what was told over the four seasons um i just loved all of the setup in this last episode you know in terms of where we <clears throat> follow the siblings you know the matts and tom meeting you know them going to their mom's house even more time with the mother like i think i think i've always thought she's great in the little bits that we get of her the meal fit um, for the king scene was great yeah, because oh it was like God. you got to see them actually yeah. for once be like regular Kids. siblings yeah, yeah. yeah it felt very innocent you know which you don't really ever get with with these characters but yeah i, I honestly i thought i mean this is an all-time show for me and and you know we we joked about like the or not joked talked about like the hbo tier list eventually that we'll do but I really think succession, even though, you know, in, in context, you know, may not have like the largest audience, you know, it's one of their landmark shows or uh, right now or was, and just ended. But I really do think succession is like in that class of like best HBO shows for me. I mean, it's just one, it's, it's an amazing show. And I mean, I know this is a crazy question. Is there an acting MVP? I mean, I know they're all great, but is there anybody who, blew you away or stood out in such a way that you're just like, okay, I, I almost can't believe this person is this good. I mean, I think of the season, it really kind of felt like Kieran Culkin really kind of yeah. blew out this season. Like yeah. he really kind of came on as like, you know, wow. Like he's always mm-hmm. been incredible. Like you said, everybody on this show is just incredible. But I mean, Kieran really had some moments you know, this season um, where his character and, 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 you know, what he's always brought to the show really, 
got to be in the forefront of an episode or, you know, a, a moment for him. And I thought he was just incredible. Um, I think as a series, as a whole, I, I really don't know I can go anybody but Jeremy Strong. Right. I just feel like the Kendall Roy character is 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 the is the real tragedy that the show starts and stops with. I was about to say he's the beginning and, and the end of the thing. Kind yeah. Of, so it's and, and I I just think for all the shit he gets for you know his method approach and just kind of how serious he takes himself and everything he does. <laughs> I, I love him. <laughs> I I really do. Like genuinely, I love like, the seriousness I, I, too. I'm all about it. Like, I, uh, I saw him do this thing in an interview uh, yesterday. I saw something posted where he was talking about the characters and he was saying, yeah, so the scene where we are in the kitchen. Oh, I'm sorry. The show's over. The scene where they are in the kitchen yeah. and then he finished what he was saying. I was like, man, that is so method. But I love it. I mean, honestly, I and he really drank that shit that was in the blender, I know. too. I know. And I know. he um, he. I don't know. I I don't care if the other actors do the same, get the same result by not going method. I don't care how you do it. I love the idea that an actor can can roll onto set and be like, what's my line? And then trick me into thinking he's a great actor when the camera's rolling. And I yeah. love that someone else can live in the shoes of the character and like wear different deodorant. And and you know what I mean? Like, I, I love the fact that people do all these crazy things to 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 do that trick on screen of great acting. So I don't care if your method or not. And I think it's great that he takes such an intellectual approach because it means he can actually break down his process. And it's very gratifying to hear an actor talk about their process like that. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I But I think it's funny. You're right, Steve. For some reason, people give him shit. And it's like people hate when you use a word that they don't know or that they wouldn't yeah. use. And suddenly you're like, uh, whatever. But no, I love the guy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he's, he's the one. I mean, again, not to take away from the ensemble, because honestly, you could make a case for so many people in the show in terms of an MVP, but yeah, Kendall Roy, I think is just like that. That's a character too, you know, Logan and like Kendall. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, you're going to, you're going to hear these names, you know, for years to come. And I think Tony Soprano. Um, yeah, exactly. That's you're right on. I mean, and even in those shows, there are other characters that you can make an argument as, you know, the real MVPs, but like, I don't know, just the way this series starts, you know, a lot of the arcs of each season really kind of float around him. And I just think Jeremy Strong is just out of this world. Engage like he's he's just like you can't not watch him in any scene, honestly. Like I think I feel like he's incredible in the show. And I'll miss it, man, because it's one of those shows you just like you really latch on to. Like I, I know how you feel about like when Better Call Saul was ending and you know, we yeah. had those conversations. But like th this is one of those shows for me for sure. Cause like I this is appointment viewing and when it's on, it's like all bets are off. I need to watch it when it airs. Like, and my wife and I watch it together. It's like a show she's obsessed with. So it's one of those rare things beyond the quality and uh, of it that, you know, just as a part of my week to week kind of engagement, I I'll miss it as a piece of intent entertainment, but it was great. And I appreciate it. And I think I'm thankful that we had it. <laughs> Uh, but well, do you uh, have a favorite yeah. performer or character on uh, on Succession? Kieran, yeah, Kieran I mean, Colgan. I mean, he's my favorite. He's, yeah, he's so funny and so like, man, he's good. Like, just his vocal, he's so fast talking, and like his vocal, yeah. his inflections are so meaningful and dead on and he goes from like i mean the way that character has so many like ways that he protects himself yeah. um and puts forth an image you know and we see through it but we also are surprised when it breaks and he's and he's vulnerable um but yeah i mean i i, I think that i was blown away by him i think i think uh, matthew mcfadden is like my my dark horse favorite though just because the first time i heard him 
do Tom, I was like, wait, that guy, isn't he Mr. Darcy? And I went and I yeah. checked and it's like, yeah. So he's like, totally, I totally believe he's this kind of, the kind of galoot from the Midwest, you know, and then the way his character develops over the show and the way that he kind of like turns the fact that he's not one of the members of the family, which at the beginning of the show is his liability. And at yeah. the end of the show, it's his best quality. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that yeah. that meeting, just, that meeting when he's like realizing what's, what's happening. Yeah. Fucking in his, his, his cog start turning in his head yeah. and he's, it's like making <laughs> in the well, fight in the bathroom. Yeah. It's like, fucking... well, I was going to say the disgusting brothers, Greg and Tom were my <laughs> favorite. I was really glad <laughs> at the end of the show <laughs> that they still gave us a, like an R2D2 and C3PO moment between those guys, because that's yeah. been my, I got, ma- I got ma- you. like, you're right. Oh God, the sticker, the sticker. So fucking good. But like that. And I think that's why I feel like as bleak as this show is, it still recognizes the humor of these characters. And at different times, it reminded me of Mad Men. At different times, it reminded me of Veep. Um, Mad Men, because it's all about making deals and running down the hall to the to the office to find out what's being said about what. And yeah. Veep, because it's like small groups of characters, pairs of characters insulting the shit out of each other and talking shit about the person across the room. That's what Veep was. And when I saw that Jesse Armstrong wrote for Veep, I was like, oh, okay, that makes a lot of sense that he's just good at that. But um, yeah, so I think Kiernan Culkin may have been like the acting MVP for, MVP for me. MVP for me. Um, and I, But I think Sarah Schnook uh, has like the best, um, maybe the best facial expressions of any actor that I've ever seen on television. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think that the, the thing I'll miss the most is, is another chance to see Greg and Tom, uh, like have one of their, you know, that they they are alive at the end of the show. So it's like their scheming works, but the shape of what did their path is so funny how they get to that point. Um, anyway, and yeah, Barry, what a bleak, dark show that turned out to be. There's one element of the finale that I wonder if it's a little too dark for me, um, as far as one character's fate. It feels a little bit like, wait, why Why is this character getting screwed um, completely? But I think that the way that that show could be that dark and that funny, um, in, in, you know, in, in one breath is something that Bill Hader, like, I really look forward to whatever he does next, because this was such a Bill Hader project yeah. that um, the fact that supposedly he's getting ready to direct a movie, and I think it's supposed to be a horror movie. Um, you know, if he's our next Jordan Peele, uh, I'd be happy with that. The next comedy guy to go horror. So, yeah, pretty cool, man. Um. Oh, other things. Uh, yeah, what I else? Just want, what else you got? Have you guys seen the Ted Lasso season finale? I have. Not. No, I'm not. Okay. I have, I'm, I'm not going to talk about back from a few. I'm not going to talk about that yet. Then. Um, I did want to talk about the Little Mermaid. Hmm. Uh, and the scuttlebutts around it. The scuttlebutt. The scuttle, <laughs> scuttle, scuttlebutt. Uh, I really liked the movie, but it it lacked a soul. <laughs> And it's not it's 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 not Ariel's fault. Like I think that you know, <laughs> blaming Ariel. Yeah, the, the whole not thing was a fictional like, character. You know, yeah, it's like <laughs> blame blame the the multi talented, beautiful singer as the reason why this movie was bad. And right. and it really has to do with, I mean, these Disney movies are argument for remakes not existing. You know, like yeah, I, I would, I, I, yeah, I've come around to kind of agreeing with that. Yeah, and I could, you know, I could tell that you didn't even mention it. I know how you feel about Disney, and you didn't even mention the Little Mermaid, and I could tell it wasn't because yeah, of I haven't seen it. It yeah. wasn't because of the casting of Ariel. It was like, why do they keep fucking doing this? And and it's is and it's a lack of commitment. To, like, there's a reason why those movies worked. 
some of it is just like the enthusiasm in the in the singing, the acting was top notch, and you didn't have to attach it to a celebrity, right? And there's something key. like there's something about the 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 scope of what some actors and actresses can do or lack thereof. You know, it's like maybe you don't have the range to do this. Maybe you don't have the range to be a Caribbean crab. You know, maybe oh, you don't okay. have it, David. Okay. Maybe, maybe you don't have it. But the scuttlebutt, I, I love the scuttlebutt. Uh, yeah. I, I thought the Aquafina was really good. I thought the, she's David, got haters. I mean, it doesn't she, she does. have like a I bunch mean, of haters? Look, I, mean, I know she's put her oh, foot in her mouth about some shit, but she's, she's got some that haters. She's an Asian woman that sounds the way that she does. Yeah. But also, like, people don't travel and have never been in New York. <sighs> I mean, I don't know how many. <laughs> New York and New Jersey, that kind of like melt. It's a melting pot. And and people tend to grow yeah. up around each other and pick up each other's tendencies and inflections. And it just is the way it is. And and if you haven't traveled a little bit or really know anybody that's really like this, like I knew this kid that um worked at a corner store. His his mom had a corner store in Baltimore. So he sounded like everybody he grew up with. So he sounded like a, a a kid from Northeast Baltimore. I mean, it just was what it was. Why mm-hmm. are it, it's a weird thing, man? It's like this whole thing dynamic that people don't seem to understand that you you kind of are a product of the place where you are. That's uh, neither here nor there. No, but I but I think it's a it's interesting because I do think that's a big part of why people are. You know, but she just gets again. Why, like, people didn't like this song, so then it it was like now Lynn Manuel Miranda and oh, and Aquafina are th- their names are dirt for for a few days on Twitter, and it's mm. like okay, now they're the ones getting blamed for people not liking this movie. You know, so <clears throat> I like Lynn Manuel Miranda, but I would fist fight him. <laughs> I think a lot of people would. I think that's just like a thing. He just he makes he has like this like microwave version of hip-hop that like isn't really it it really is like See, i remember big. when hamilton got really big having this conversation with you and i asked you i was like to me it seems like <laughs> yeah it seems like it's like maybe in terms of musicals this is like an amazingly dynamic thing you know of that people course, are really responding yeah. to but in terms of hip-hop this is kind of corny right and yeah. you were like yes <laughs> <laughs> this is fucking it was like something about it just isn't you know you've heard like um Anything like brand new being reminisce over you or something like that. You hear that and then you hear Hamilton. You're like, these aren't even the same genre of music. But, the you know, people that go see that would have you believe that it is. Right. Uh, here's the rap I like. That's the kind of impression I'm <laughs> yes. talking about that would bug me. You are spot on, man, where people just be like, oh, yeah, that's what I like. A little Hamilton versus Wu-Tang. What? Yeah. <laughs> leave <laughs> but don't you think leave. he also got the sort of not quite overexposed thing but don't you think there's just a thing with a guy like that where they go through the, their punchable phase it's like they yeah, they're the darling yeah. and then if they're still around if they haven't topped that thing in some way then now they're just they're kind of a punching bag at a certain yeah, point 100%. Um, he's he's talented man but like i don't need everything to be in in a rap style you know i th- i like his just songs he can write yeah. songs and sometimes i think that he's he he may feel like you know i'm a new yorker i'm i have this connection so i have to put hip-hop in everything and his songwriting skills are so incredible that he maybe he should just do that more than 
scuttlebutt. I, but I love scuttlebutt, by the way. I listened to it like 20 times. You're a scuttlebutt defender. <laughs> yeah, I'm a scuttle. But Eric, the new the other new song, Eric's song, is atrocious. I don't know if you've heard have you heard that, Steve? No. I've, heard people, I've heard people talking about it, but I have it's not heard real, it. It's real, it's it's soulless, you know, it, and it's weird because you know, Holly Bailey is bringing this like real insane, like I never don't think it's Holly Berry. When I first see the name in print, I my yep. mind goes to it's still. I know it's you know I'm I, as a guy named John Walker. I understand yeah. what it could be to have a name that means a lot of things to people, but um, has associations. But yeah, I keep thinking Halle Berry. I'm sure one yeah. day I'll look at that and I'll think of the young actress who's in this film. I'm, yeah. I'm positive. Yeah. But right now you won't. Well, so I, I have a question. Don't you think there's a little bit of like we've been through like Disney Star Wars fatigue. Yeah. We've been through Disney Marvel fatigue. Don't you think Disney live action, quote unquote, live action when it's mostly CGI, but don't you think these remakes are going through that same cycle? Not that they were ever quite as big as those other things, but on a movie to movie level, they were. I mean, these were huge, reliable hits for them. And then you would still hear that list of stuff they were making coming up and going, "Ah, I guess they have to do Little Mermaid if they're going to do all these other ones because it's so huge. But um, don't you think there's a little bit of fatigue? You talk about the soullessness of it. But I mean, don't you think we can now look back and say that none of those live action Disney remakes have really like held the spot in your mind that the classics do? I mean, even one that I enjoyed, like Jungle Book, I have to kind of remind myself that I liked. Yeah. Um, I don't know, though. But I, I, I wasn't as on board for like Beauty and the Beast and Lion King and that kind of yeah. stuff. So maybe other people have favorites in this new batch. But I kind of think that it's it kind of feels like the soullessness is... Is is coming from inside the house? <laughs> I think you it know? is, man. I think it is. I don't. I don't. I, I think that they're they're a little too stuck on attaching celebrities with it, and they should just find the most talented person because you can make stars. Disney. Here's the problem. You think you know how like Marvel? The the saying is it doesn't matter who plays these these roles. It, it it could be it could be anybody. They'll put anybody there, and it that's the belief. That's the belief on the internet. But really, what it boils down to is the quality of the actor or yeah. actress, and that should matter. Robert Downey Jr. changed the genre because he was incredible. It's not just you. You couldn't swap him out with many other people and have it have the impact that it did. So when I think about these movies, I think they should keep in mind that like. You would do you would maybe add 200 more million if you just casted somebody that was incredible in it. Like Holly Bailey was the centerpiece. They 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 casted the right main person mm-hmm. and then everybody else around it. And and it's mainly the story. I, I think it's just like the visuals are bland sometimes. Um I was gonna ask about the visuals. Like so it, I think it's a beautiful movie, but like the special effects get weird. Like there's just like there's a part where um, eels are kind of tying somebody up and it looks like it's like a flip book. Like it could have easily been like, and they just made it transparent and, and imposed it over the people. Mm. It just was, those parts were really hard, but it it, it does, it, this is, this is going to be some people's only little, little mermaid. So in that respect, Maybe if I didn't see the original, maybe I'd be like, this is really great. But the fact that we have the original at our disposal, that's out of the vault for free on Disney Plus in the best quality that you can get it in. 
GTFOH. I mean, if, if that's if that's what we're talking about, if we're talking about the quality of the story. Let's just go see the original. I'm not trying to knock Holly Bailey because I think that she's incredible in this role. I just think that the movie itself is soulless. <laughs> and just because what's the name was good too, but poor unfortunate souls and under the oh. sea, the new ones are poo poo in comparison to the in comparison to the new ones. Yes, yeah, yeah, I mean I the, saw the old ones under the sea, and I was like, yeah, poor unfortunate. I mean, she kills it, like, and that still isn't as good <laughs> as the the new one. I mean, there's the old one. The old one is so good. It's so good. Under the Sea is really good, even though I'm, you know, I'm sorry. Even though what? You know, right? David is just so, he just pisses me off, man. He's so good, and then he's so terrible at the same time. I don't know how else to, yeah. This wasn't it. Mm. I'll see it eventually. Yeah, yeah man. Not, so would you call not, it the little meh, man? it out. It's the problem or the, is Or the little mermaid. Um, I would call it Little Mermaid, the discovery of Scuttlebutt, because I would love Scuttlebutt. <laughs> I can't stop thinking it's been about rebranded it. as part of the Scuttlebutt Chronicles <laughs> later, so they add. I the have a whole spinoff universe. Yeah, yeah. Scuttlebutt oh, universe. God, Flounder looks terrible. Oh yeah, no, uh, what? <laughs> no, kill it. You're really selling it, Ronald. <laughs> Flounder looks terrible. He's like you can't. He looks like a flounder it looks like a flounder who is like uh wow. not talking at all it's just like no emo it's like surprised but it's like dead eyes he's like oh my god i can't believe that this is <laughs> can't wait to see it <laughs> shot up my list okay i'm done uh i had a couple i was gonna just rail off real quick sure, sure, i know sure. a couple of them we've already talked about on the podcast but i finally caught up i finally saw evil dead rise loved it what'd you think Okay. Loved it. Yeah, cool. absolutely loved it. Um, finally caught Guardians 3. Also loved it. Okay, good. Um, good, good, good. I wanted to catch it before it lost some of its uh, screens this coming week. But And then the two other movies that I watched that um, we haven't talked about, just to mention a little bit, are both available on streaming. Uh, one is called Reality. It's a Max original on Max. Okay. Um, this is with Sydney Sweeney. <clears throat> Excuse me. Mm. It's uh, with Sydney Sweeney. And it's basically about the whole how the FBI came to learn about it. It's based on the truth, like the reality winner story, like about how she kind of provided the documents from regarding the Russia, uh, Russia election interference and things like that. Um, and I think she's, I think she's currently in, in serving time. Yeah, she is actually uh, in prison. Um, oh, wow. Or actually, is she still? I don't, no, I don't know that, but I don't know, but it's, it's based on this true story. It's a really interesting movie on, uh, max sydney sweeney is incredible in it um i don't i don't know that i like love sydney sweeney I, I i do like her and i've liked her a lot in some things that she's been in but i know she's like one of the the it performers right now she's in a lot of stuff coming out um she's you know speaking of the spider of it all she's a a, a, a reportedly going to be one of the versions of spider woman um but uh oh, wow. in the in the madam web film that's coming out that sony has but yeah, this this is a this is a really really good film. I really would recommend checking this out. It's really interesting. To, it's interesting how it's told. It's basically taken entirely from the audio recording that the FBI agents had on them when they confronted her and served a warrant, stayed at her house, questioned her wow. about documents that she accessed, and you know, um, 
um, that she leaked to the press that then got reported on. And eventually they found out it was her. Um, but uh, yeah, no one knows about this film. And, you know, I, I came across it on a, a critic that I follow. He was just kind of raving about it and he had it in, you know, some of his top films of the year so far. Um, and it's on max. It's really great. Uh, it's very much like if you, you know, the kind of thing like uh, like the Snowden film, you know, um, just these documents that get leaked uh, in the interest of, you know, transparency, maybe things that aren't being reported on and, mm. that, you know, maybe we should know about. But uh, yeah, that's one max again, it's called reality. Um, and, and again, it's about the reality winner, uh, you know, uh, the documents that she leaked regarding the 2016 election uh, and Russian interference in it. Uh, the other one I wanted to mention, it's been out for a couple of weeks, but I finally got around to checking it out. It's on Apple TV plus um, and it's called still a Michael J. Fox movie. Mm-hmm. Um, incredible documentary, um, you know, with uh, the topic of a movie star uh, of, of our generation um, and, you know, with footage, from him and those around him, some recreated footage that is edited together like so incredibly. I mean, it's really one of the better made documentaries in that space where they kind of like, you know, recreate footage and kind of edit it into the footage that he has or that he's provided to the filmmaker. Oh. Um, but yeah, it's a, uh, uh, what's his name? Davis Guggenheim is the, is the director. Mm. Okay. Who, um, I remember from an inconvenient truth, which I, I remember working on when I used to work for one of the studios. Um, that was the Al Gore documentary about um, global warming. I know that he's been attached to others as well, but I can't remember. Like, yeah, he's, was, he's had a, he's had a bunch of them. He did like Waiting for Superman. Waiting for Superman, right? Um, Malala. He did that doc. Um, he, yeah, he's done a bunch of really great documentaries. But um, this is, I mean, because growing up, like Michael J. Fox was the guy. Yeah, like yeah. he was the fucking man. You know, Back to the Future, <clears throat> one of the best movies ever made. Marty Fly, like even other things he's done. You know, uh, you know they spent a lot of time talking about Facts of Life and just all the movies he even made post Back to the Future. Um, but yeah, just really kind of focusing on him, where he's at in his life now, the Parkinson's diagnosis, when it came in his career, how long he hit it, um, and you know what he's done for research with the Michael J. Fox Foundation. It's just it's so inspiring. It's so sad, but it's so inspiring. And um, it just, you know, it just kind of cements him as just like an all timer for me. I've like, mm. I've loved him forever. And, you know, you don't see him or hear a lot about him anymore because of his diagnosis and where he's at um, and what he's doing more in the kind of research and fundraising for, for, for research for this disease. But yeah, he's just incredible in this, you know, like he, seeing him struggle and talking about his struggles and just seeing footage of him in his day-to-day life. And it just was really good to see him again. And, you know, even it's really hard to watch him in, in that state because you don't really see him a whole lot. But it's again, it's so inspiring, you know, with the the determination and the courage. And the, I mean, he's just yeah, it's it's a really, really great documentary, especially if you've ever loved Michael J. Fox or anything that he's ever been associated with, whether mm. it was facts of life or, um, is that right? Facts of life, uh, family ties, family ties. Sorry. Yeah. No, I mixed those up family ties or back to the future or spin city or any of the movies in between, you know, like it's just, he's got such a great filmography and 
he's a, he's a Hollywood legend and just his story is so interesting, you know, where, where he came from and how he ascended to who he became in the eighties. Um, and I can't recommend, it's definitely one of the, one of the better documentaries I've seen recently. Um, and again, it's on Apple TV plus it's called still a Michael J Fox movie. Um, and I would love to recommend that to as many people that might want to watch it. Cool. And that's what I got. All right. There it's a show. <clears throat> there it is, guys. Yeah. Again, next week we will be off. Next week, that's not a show. We're out. We're no right. show next week. The following week, episode three eighty, we're going to have our our first tier list. We'll be talking about the DC universe, DC films uh, universe, uh, and 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 a review of the Flash, and we can even include it in our tier list, having seen it. Mm. Um, so that'll be fun to be able to include it there. Yeah. Uh, and then the week after that, we'll do uh, my pick that I just mentioned earlier in the podcast for required viewing, which was uh, the recent release, Blackberry. Uh, and that'll be on video on demand as of the day you're listening to this podcast, as long as it is on or after Friday, June 2nd. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you can find that on the video on demand uh, if you want to check it out with us. Uh, Moviesmovie.com is the website, youtube.com slash podcast if you want the video options, which again, Ronald, we need to get on the we need to get on the whole tier of it all to figure out how to get that tier list incorporated into the yes the YouTube piece. But that'll be a really fun thing to see um, if we can make that happen for the the next episode where we do our tier list. So go there, subscribe, hit the bell to get notified when new episodes come out. And uh, yeah, the moviesmovie.com site that I mentioned, you can go there to, you know, to subscribe to the podcast. If you're not already subscribed on the platform of your choice and that's it. Thank you so much for listening. As always, you made a day. Fuck off. (laughs) 